On today's show, we discuss the story of Project Pegasus, a top-secret government program designed to explore time travel. In order to tell this story, we need to take a look at one man, Andrew Basiago. Basiago claims that at a young age, he was recruited to take part in time travel experiments. Today, we'll discuss his alleged experiences, what he learned, and what he believes his future holds. Spoiler alert, it involves the White House. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you always dreamed of being a spectator at Jesus' crucifixion, stick around. The Vatican may have something you'll be interested in. This is Necronomapod. Now, of course, what people really want to know about is about getting back. Can you travel back to the past? I don't think so. We don't know for sure. No one is given a definitive proof that you can't travel to the past. In fact, some very reputable scientists have suggested ways that you might travel to the past. But every time we look at the proposals in detail, it seems kind of clear that they're right at the edge of the known laws of physics. And most of us feel that when physics progresses to a point that we understand things even better, these proposals just will be ruled out. They won't work. But I guess I would say there's a long shot possibility based on what we know today. All right, starting with Dave. The people want to know, what are the three greatest rap hip-hop albums of all time? People want to know this? I think people want to know our opinions. <laughs> They're clamoring. They're like, what are three guys who talk about aliens and ghosts and serial killers? We need to know what they think about the world of hip hop and rap. Is that right? I had no idea, Mike. I, I know, know people are clamoring for this information. I think they need it because they're going to all go download and buy these albums based on what we say. Okay. So I'll start with you, Dave. The three greatest. This isn't your favorite. The three greatest rap albums. I will preface this by saying I am in no way a subject adder, Matt. Subject adder, subject matter expert who's qualified to even give an opinion here, but you know, but since, I'm asking, since you asked, I'm asking. Okay, top, should I do three to one or one to three? Mike? I prefer Which way three do you to prefer? one because if you just say your first one, everyone's like, okay, well, let's skip to Ian's now. <laughs> so yes. I, have a, I have a tie for number three. Is that acceptable? Okay. Two albums? Yeah. Number one, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back from Public Enemy and The Chronic from Dr. Dre. Okay. Tied for number three in my tied book. Tied for the third best album. Number two, Illmatic from Nas. Okay. Number one, Ready to Die from Biggie. There it is. That's my top three. There's a definitive list of the three greatest rap albums of all time, according to Dave Namapod. You want to go, go through it one more time because you went quick so people can. Uh, tied for third, uh, The Chronic, Dr. Dre, Public Enemy, Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. Number two, Nas is Illmatic. Number one, Biggie's Ready to Die. Okay. Those are Dave's top three hip hop albums of all time. <laughs> Ian, what are yours? I'm, I'm going to start off by saying this was extremely hard for me today. My <laughs> list changed multiple times throughout the day. I did. I gave you guys a two day notice on this and you guys were struggling to, to like finalize your list. <laughs> He's like that meme with the button. Like one button says something like <laughs> his three greatest. And then the right button says Kanye's not on the list <laughs> and he's sweating. He doesn't know what button to push. <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, number one. No, uh, no, no, number three, number three. <laughs> oh, fuck. God damn it. I, I, didn't even hear, I didn't even hear what you said. I, ta- I tried to talk over you. God damn, pal. That's funny. Three, Ugh. three, number three, the third greatest this, rap album. 
it's just like in my mind to give the first one for whatever reason. <laughs> Imagine if like those video countdown shows started with number one, then the ratings would just dip because nobody would watch the rest. <laughs> well, yeah, show's over. Very, yeah, it's very true. Um, all right, so number three, Watch the Throne by Jay Z and Kanye West. Number two, Nas, Illmatic, and then number one, Tupac, All Eyes on Me. Damn, solid list. Did you and Dave have the same number two? Yeah, you had not the same yeah, yeah. Illmatic. So that one. So do it again, Ian. Uh, Watch the Throne from Jay Z and Kanye West. Two, Nas, Illmatic. Number one, Tupac, All Eyes on Me. There it is. Two definitive lists. How about that? And those are those are really cute lists. But do you guys want the real <laughs> greatest three hip hop albums <laughs> sure, of all time? Sure. All right. Sure. Let me educate the listeners here. The third greatest hip hop album of all time. Devil Without a Cause, Kid Rock. <laughs> oh, man. Number two greatest hip-hop album of all time. If anybody knows hip-hop, it's Insane Clown Posse, Amazing Jungle Brothers. <laughs> and the number one greatest hip-hop album of all time, Big Willie style, Will Smith. Is that right? That is the definitive list. Rolling Stone actually okay. agreed with me on all of that. Okay. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Devil Without a Cause, Kid Rock, number three. Amazing Jekyll Brothers by Insane Clown Posse, number two. Big Willie Style, Will Smith, number one. I, that's a list, all right. That's yeah, a list. What kind of list <laughs> that something. is. But that's something. That's, that's yeah. a list. It's three numbers and some words that you rattled off. But. So there it is. So everyone can vote. All of our listeners can vote on whose list was the best. I'm quite confident mine will win. What about Vanilla Ice to the Extreme? I noticed that wasn't on your, no. your list. It didn't make it? No, no. What about MC Hammer? Hammer, don't, please Hammer, don't hurt him. No, now you're insulting my oh, list. okay. Come on. I'm just saying, how many Gathering of the Juggalos did Nas headline? <laughs> I rest my case. Jesus. This is just a ridiculous show. Uh, so... You guys did your greatest, but I know you were also racking your brains over what your favorites are. Do you guys have any of those you want to throw out as like your favorite list? Yeah, we could do that. Go. Hey, it's up to you guys. You don't have to. So I obviously I love Biggie. I'm ready to die on my favorite list. Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers on my favorite list. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. That's on my like, I'm just going by what I listen to all the time. Well, that's it's your favorites. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill is one of the greatest albums I've ever heard. So. What else I got? Mob Deep, The Infamous, Death Certificate from Ice Cube. I just love that one. Wow. Giving Up the Nappy Dugout. You got one a, of Cube's great songs. You got a, a big <laughs> list of favorites there. That's, that's like my your, list. That's your top five. See? All right. So you're telling everyone if they're going to listen to one album that was discussed today, you, you say Lauren Hill. Would that be your takeaway? If they're going to listen to one of these things that Dave mentioned today? If you've never heard it, sure. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Ian, go ahead. Give us your Kanye albums. Oh, I... That goes without saying. I like all Kanye albums. So I don't even need to get into like which ones I think are the best. Whatever. Are you all masturbating like Ian over there? If you all right, Ian, if you had to tell a listener who has not really ever heard Kanye, tell him one album to go listen to. What's going to be? I would say my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Okay. So let it be um, written. So let it be done. Yeah, that's a good one to start off with. I had Black Star from Most Def and Talib Kweli on my uh, on my top three for a second there this afternoon. I love that album. It's good. For is that for um, favorites or best? That was for best for me. I had gotcha. that on my best for a second so, there. Honorable mention then for you is yeah. Best. That's what I'm 
and then Nas the Stomatic is really good. I had Fuji's on my list too, on my top three briefly yeah. today too. My thing switched so much. <laughs> Ian, Ian's going to give you his top twenty greatest albums of all time. <laughs> I know. Maybe that'll be you know, like Dave said, Mob Deep, The Infamous. That's a great album. Yeah. You know what else I left uh, off? Uh, Low End Theory from Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, that's great a good album too. You guys didn't do any Bone Thugs. No, yeah. I, I thought yeah, for sure it would have been on somebody's list. What? Hometown Heroes. What's their first out? They, they just had the one album that was really popular, right? They just kind of. At least that's the only one I can think of. Like I can see the cover of it. I don't remember. I don't recall the name. My Google's broken, or I would look it up. <laughs> All right, so. Now that we got that out of the way, people have been begging for our hip hop list. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> Consult yeah, a legitimate today, source somewhere. <laughs> um, at, at one point today, I had two Tupac albums on my list, and I'm like, I gotta mix this up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's dive into uh, some time travel. We haven't done any time travel talk really, other than the Art Bell episodes we did. So, um, what do we got today, Ian? Tonight we are going to be talking about Project Pegasus. The story of Project Pegasus is largely based around one man, Andrew Basiago. But to understand his story, we need to take a look at some other things that have come up over the years when it comes to time travel. Because he's he kind of picks and chooses from different lore, I guess you would call it, in time travel. Andrew Basiago isn't the only claimed time traveler. Uh, we were going to mash it up into one big episode and do the Montauk Project, uh, the Philadelphia Experiment, and our Bell's fav- favorite time traveler, John Titor, into one big episode. But it would have turned out to be like four parts as I started digging into it. I'm like, these are all separate episodes. Maybe a whole month's worth sometime. Well, not anymore. The time travel. Because <laughs> we're doing this one. We That's are, true. Not anymore. We already, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Mike. Unless we can go back in time <laughs> and then just do it all as one. At the end of this episode, we might be able to do that. Right. <laughs> I really tried to read about time for a bit there and tried to type this out as best as I could. I, I felt like I was hitting uh, like the Betty and Dreesen episode where we talked about dimensions. I was like hitting that level of being mm. confused and my head hurting a bit. It gives you a headache re- just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to try my best to explain some of this stuff. As far as time itself is concerned, Albert Einstein proved that time is an illusion. It isn't a constant and can be different depending on your speed through space. Space would be the third dimension with coordinates of length, width, and height, while time would show up in the fourth dimension, adding the coordinate of direction. And it's our understanding that the direction of time only moves forward. Uh, what's this now you're saying? <laughs> uh, come again. <laughs> All right. We'll see everyone next week. <laughs> Travel back to the beginning of this episode and fast forward this section. <laughs> Einstein's theory of special relativity says that time will slow down or speed up depending on how fast you move compared to something else. So let's say that you had an identical twin and you got into a spaceship that was traveling at the speed of light and your twin stayed on Earth. In the spaceship traveling at the speed of light, you would age slower than your twin on Earth. I imagine you would, right? Yeah. I don't know. Obviously. (laughs) Have you seen Interstellar, Ian, or is that the one you did not see? 
I didn't see that. Wait, really is that like, the Matt Damon one? Yes. Yeah. McConaughey, Matt Damon. I didn't know McConaughey was on it. It's really good. Now I have to see it if McConaughey is in it. <laughs> but it was a... <laughs> he aged... Like, there were different age, different aging processes on different planets. It's like if he went to this one planet, he aged, you know, 50 years every hour they were there. So it was kind of interesting. Mm. It was relative to the gravity or something. I don't know. Very complicated. Well, that's what used to happen to me back in college when, you know... I'd be with one of my f- female callers and she'd be like, wait, that's it. It's over. I'd be like, well, you're on planet Mike. Time moves faster. here. Time moves faster when you're experiencing bliss. Is that right? Yeah. Well, well, that's how it goes. You know what you call a, a hand job from Einstein? What? Stroke of genius. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So the issue with traveling at the speed of light is that Einstein's equations show that an object traveling at that speed would have a mass and length of zero, which, if I understand that correctly, means you wouldn't exist anymore. Kind of like the clit, Mike. That's, <laughs> maybe the clit travels at the speed of light in your reality. I think that's, that's why happened. you can't find it. <laughs> that's what it is. I'm living in my reality and yeah. clits don't exist here. Mm-hmm. I can confirm 100%. Einstein's theory of general relativity says that gravity is able to bend time. And that gives the way that scientists who believe time travel could be possible, the idea of that it could be possible through a wormhole. NASA says to achieve time travel, theoretically, you could create wormholes between two points in space time. And again, if I understand correctly, this would have something with mass passing through the fourth dimension of space time and would have the and would cause time to bend like the way that i read this was that think of like you put a piece of like hold out a piece of fabric and that's space time and if you put something solid on it it causes that fabric to bend to dip down so <laughs> yeah got it <laughs> Mike's asleep, Ian. <laughs> I am not asleep. This is very fascinating information. And I've also seen it explained, too, where if you put, like, you punch a hole in a piece of paper, at, say, at the top and the bottom, and you say, you know, look how far this distance is from each other. But then if you fold the paper in half, the holes are right next to each other. Right. Same kind of. Holes is holes, Dave. <laughs> it's, it's, it always is with you. Yeah, so it's like. It's yeah, it's kind of like what you said with like the bending thing, the way that I read it. But it, it because Einstein's theory says that something with mass could bend time. If you threw something into the fourth dimension like a worm like into a wormhole, mm-hmm. you would make it time would then bend and you could just kind of slip through there. You'd love to see it. Uh, based on Einstein's equations, traveling between wormholes would be possible, but they would collapse very fast. Also, scientists have never actually seen a wormhole, and we don't have the technology to accomplish something like that. Or, you know, at least what the, that's what we're told. You know, Andrew Basiago will tell us something different here in a bit. So it's all theoretical. Yeah, and I get it's like kind of we, we talked about... Um, I know I always ask you this. Who, who's the physicist that was always on Art Bell? Michio Kaku? 
Yeah. So remember we talked about him with the, the dimensions thing and we, we were talking about how those guys will just like run those equations up to a certain point and then they start to collapse. Like they, mm. I can't remember what dimension they can get it to. It's like 12 or 13 or something. And then the equation starts to collapse. It's similar. It sounds like it's similar with this to where the equations collapse before anything the size of a human would be able to travel uh, through right. a wormhole. Like there, we're talking like a mo- they can get it to a molecule would be able to do it. Okay. Like f- tiny, tiny before the equation just is done. Even with the new math they use in school these days. Huh? Yeah, speaking of new math that they do in school these days, my son comes home with homework because he's going on 10 years old. So he's doing uh, more stuff. And my eyes just completely gloss over when I look at some of his math stuff. <laughs> he had he had division or multiplication, something, I don't know. And I started helping him out, and I was, like, doing the whole carry the one thing. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, we don't do – he was just looking at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? You got to carry the one. Like, they don't teach that anymore. I know. So I'm they like, teach well, some weird shit. Yeah, so I'm like, well, I can't help you. Because that's the only way I know how to do it. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. He's sitting there just doing it in his head, like all this crazy stuff. Mm. That's when you just bust out your smartphone and just type it in and it gives you the answer. Suck, I know I had this on teacher. That, teachers. I know I had this teacher back in the day to always talk shit saying you wouldn't have a calculator that's in right. your pocket at all times. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so people that believe in time travel or claim to be time travelers often point to it starting with Nikola Tesla. In a 1908 speech, Tesla alluded that he could make matter disappear and reappear, along with making matter move through the air. Science as we know it today, you know, there isn't anything out there that can achieve what he was alluding to. But some people believe he did create a teleportation machine and his machine was expanded on to create a time traveling machine. In most conspiracy theories regarding time travel, and in the case of Project Pegasus, expansion of Tesla's technology came in the form of the chronovisor created by the Vatican. Father Francois Brun says that in the early 1960s, he met a former scientist who turned priest named Father Pellegrino Ernetti, and the two were talking about interpretations of the Bible. And Ernetti said, you don't need interpretations when you can go back and see it for yourself. Hot damn. <laughs> That's the Catholic wet dream, right? Being able to go back and watch Jesus get crucified. They're like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> he's up there. He's really up there on the cross. <laughs> Do you think it's like instead of popcorn, they have like a bag of holy crackers. So they're just sitting there like, like chomping down on. There's that guy who brought his date. Who's got the hole in the bottom of the bag. Just waiting for her hand to get to that. Oh, well, tell us about this chronovisor, will you? <laughs> this might be a whole episode of Bible Babble uh, maybe next month. <laughs> it might be, absolutely. Maybe you use one and travel back and watch something and then report it on the show. I wonder where I could go somewhere. What about something fun, like the when, guy in the whale, Job in the whale for three, three days? That'd be fun. I don't know if you want to do that. No? I'm thinking when Jesus turns the water into wine, you could fucking shit face. We could party. Yeah. We go party with Mary Magdalene. Yeah. <laughs> the chronovisors claimed to have been invented in the 1950s 
by a secret team of Italian scientists, including Ernetti. It is said to be made with three precious alloys, cathodes, dials, levers, and it has the ability to display historic events, like pretty much like you're watching a TV and you can see and hear things from the past. I always thought cathodes were when priests had showed penises. They were cath- <laughs> cathodes, not chodes. <laughs> but that was just I my experience. I see what you do there. That was just my experience growing up. It's like, oh, that, that priest got a chode. No, it's a cathode. Like what gave it away when you couldn't fit both hands around it? <laughs> but it was barely protruding from his body. But it was, you know. Fucking Catholic chode. Cathode. That's fantastic. We need to get that on uh, Urban Dictionary. <laughs> get to work, folks. <laughs> we say that because, uh, what was it? Trapaculation mm-hmm. made it to Urban Dictionary sure by did. one of our listeners. As far as any proof is concerned, there are some supposed pictures of the Chronovisor's picture of Jesus on the cross. Um, there was another one with Jesus walking with some people. I sent those both to you guys. Yeah, they're great. I believe them. <laughs> Completely authentic looking. <laughs> I gotta find those again. He sent them to us earlier this week. Ernetti never provided a detailed explanation as to how the Chronovisor was actually made or how it worked, except to say it ran by a quote, processing residual electromagnetic radiation left over by numerous processes. Well, that's some words, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just said a whole bunch of stuff without saying anything. Right. <laughs> I think it'd be cool to go back in the past. There was a, uh, was it on HBO or Showtime, a, a series years ago about like um, vacation time, like disaster vacation visitors, like people from the future would come back to witness various disasters in the past. That'd be interesting. Did you ever see that? I can't I remember what it was called. Uh, that was neat. It's like they travel back to San Francisco for the fire, whenever that right, was, right. and shit like that. I don't know. That seems kind of earthquake morbid, or the though. Chicago fire, the San Francisco earthquake. I don't, know. I don't know if I'd want to do that. A little morbid. Yeah, a little too much. Yeah. What do you do for your vacation? Go watch people die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to help out. I'm just going to literally sit there and yeah. watch with my Jesus crackers and. <laughs> Arnetti claimed that he had to destroy the chronovisor to keep it out of the hands of evil. But many in the world, the conspiracy world, who believe in some of this stuff, believe that the Vatican still has the chronovisor. But if you believe Andrew Basiago, and for the sake of this episode, we are going to believe him. God damn right we are. (laughs) The chronovisor fell into the hands of the U.S. government and DARPA. Dun, 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 dun. You know what happens if you stay in the chronovisor too long? What's that? You get the chronovirus. <laughs> oh, God damn. <laughs> when he first said coronavirus, like that's what came to my mind was coronavirus. And I was like, eh, that's not fun. And DARPA stands for the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. It is, it's a very real thing. But once we get into to it a bit and what projects they work on, We'll see why it's attached to a ton of conspiracies or why it's easy for conspiracy people to say DARPA is involved or something. DARPA's current mission statement is, quote, to make pivotal investments in breakthrough technologies for national security. And they have an annual budget of three point four billion. DARPA was created on 
February 7th, 1958, by President Dwight D. Eisenhower in response to the Soviet Union's launching of Sputnik 1 in 1957. Since then, what makes DARPA so successful is that it's exempt from laws that would put the brakes on most government agencies. Specifically, DARPA isn't subject to the Federal Acquisition Streamlining Act of 1994, And I guess this sets up all sorts of procedures for hiring and managing personnel. Like, they don't really have to answer to anyone. And DARPA also has the option of funding projects through, quote, other transactions, which is a special power granted by Congress to avoid the procedures of any money that would be normally associated with federal grants and stuff. Mm. Like, they can take outside money. Like the CIA funding the Contras by importing cocaine into the United States in the 80s? Yeah, probably other, something like that. Other transactions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that probably happened a bit, I would assume. <laughs> so I was I was looking at projects that DARPA is, is currently working on. These might have changed. the The list that I found was a, was a year or two old. I don't know. They they switch out projects a lot, or they'll put some on the back burner, like if they're not making any progress with them, or something else comes up that they feel that they need to make. You know, that should replace it. They cycle it back in later when you get some fresh blood to look at. So what they're currently working on, synthetic blood, sensors that can see underground, powered exoskeletons, controlled robot insects, which that one sounds fucking nuts. It's like these little bugs, like hundreds of thousands of them that just look like little flies, but they're like mini drones and they can just put a swarm on Mm. an enemy. Mind-controlled artificial arms, so it'd be like if you lost an arm, it's an artificial arm that would act, that would move with, like you could just think it and make it move like, like you make your arm move. Programmable, shape-shifting matter, so think of Terminator, like the, the morphing metal yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And laser-guided bullets, which that's pretty scary. Oof. You shoot someone in Colorado from here, right? right. With a sniper rifle. So, and like when you hear that, like some of that stuff doesn't even sound real, but those are real things that they're, that they are working on. So that's real easy for people that are, you know, deep into conspiracy type thinking that they could easily think, you know, you hear something crazy, like a time travel machine and you're like, of course, DARP is working on a time traveling machine. So getting to Andrew Basiago, he is currently a lawyer living in Washington state and ran for president in 2016. 2020 and presumably he will run again in 2024 as far as his claims of time travel andrew says at the age of five his father noticed that there was something special about him in regards to telepathic abilities a year later his father raymond who worked for the cia recruited his son into project pegasus how do you recruit a six-year-old like with candy (laughs) just say hey fucker (laughs) you're in (laughs) I want to join the CIA, young man. Do you think in 2024 we'll actually get him on like the debate stage? I'd like to see that. I the guy's got some good <laughs> platforms that we'll hear later in the story. But yeah. yeah, I think I'm a fan of this guy. It's not not fair. He gets shut out. This was a, this was the first discrepancy in his story that didn't make sense to me that he couldn't put a year on this because you'd think he would know what year it was when he was six years old, but. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is from his from his his claims in 1967 or 1968 at six years old 
Andrew says that he and his father teleported together from a facility in New Jersey to a facility in New Mexico. This effectively made him the first American child to teleport. He was then officially brought into Project Pegasus in 1969. Well, <clears throat> that implies that there were kids from other countries teleporting at this time. So do we have any proof of that? <laughs> he was the first American, right? It's true. <laughs> He would have been maybe, the first Earth person to teleport. <laughs> maybe there were American <laughs> adults doing this. Uh, he was Look, just the, the, the guy child. didn't know when he was six, so. <laughs> it, it's unclear if Andrew's father had anything to do with the CIA in reality. It is confirmed that his father worked for the Ralph Parsons company as an engineer. The Parsons Company has been involved in numerous programs ran by the Department of Defense, including developing silos for the strategic placement of U.S. nuclear missiles. And according to Andrew, his father was the go-between for the Parsons Company and the CIA. According to Andrew, Project Pegasus was not solely a time travel operation. It was more of an intelligence program for the CIA. Project Pegasus used kids because their minds were untainted and used eight different time travel and teleportation methods to get this information. About this, Andrew said, quote, Project Pegasus was debriefing the teleportees and the other forms of time traveling, time travelers, including myself, having gone to the past and future using different methodologies and different technologies. So we were being interviewed to derive when we were going forward in time information with which the U.S. government could create the reports that were promulgated by the CIA and then sent around the project in other areas of the government to people with a need-to-know status to know of certain events. I like the fact that there's eight different methods. I didn't even know there was one. Now there's eight? <laughs> Imagine my shock and surprise. You're going to learn today. Huh. <laughs> Where did the name, uh, why did they name it Pegasus? Any idea? I don't know. I mean, it could... Could I would assume anything, it's yeah. like anything else that they that they name, like even the real projects that you know we've talked we talked about a bunch of them in MK Ultra and did stuff. You, did you just say this is not real? <laughs> well, this is one hundred percent real. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sometimes I feel like whoever makes the name for the project just like looks at something and says it, <laughs> like the one the NASA or the uh, the Nazi one from the forties was. Uh, project Paperclip. Yeah, right. Like some of these names are just like, like uh, I don't know what to what the name. <laughs> They're is. like, well, that, this, these... oh, there's a Paperclip. <laughs> project <Sounds> Paperclip. <laughs> we got Project Hand Sanitizer going on in this, <laughs> this office. <laughs> but there, there are so there's so many of those like Project Rainbow, Midnight Climax, all kinds of different stuff. Mm -hmm. Artichoke, Project Artichoke. Like, wh where'd that come from? Why is that called? Great question. So. Andrew went on to list those eight methods of time travel and teleportation. The first one, Dave, you have some experience with this remote viewing. Oh, remote viewing. Yeah, <laughs> that's going way back in our uh, archives. I think we confirmed that the, that existed and was a real thing back in the first second show we did. Yeah, I was witness. I witnessed it myself. R.I.P. that relationship. Yeah, maybe she stopped blumpkining. That would be a deal breaker for anybody. Obviously. Remote viewing is, it's a very real prize project, Stargate. The military did try to do this. But according to Andrew, 
Remote viewing was developed by the U.S. military in the 1960s, which was years before it was developed at Stanford Research Institute in 1972. So he says that remote viewing had been around for a long time before Project Stargate came around. It uses the human mind to travel to locations distant in space in real time or distant in time space. And this is his quote. These are his words, too. I should have said that. Yeah. I mean, our, our, our pals on our belly used to uh, swear by it. Major Ed Dames and uh, yeah. there's a couple other people swears it's real. I've never I mean, been able to remote view personally. If I remember that episode correctly, didn't I print out like the actual declassified question that they would ask? I think did so. We, I think we did something yeah, like that. That sounds I think right. We ran yeah. through them. Yeah. Uh, I think Mike was asking them to me while I was at Olivia Wilde's that's house. That's true. <laughs> I think that that's was, what we did. That was years ago. I don't even remember. <laughs> it's crazy to say that, but that was literally years ago. We should do a whole episode on remote viewing eventually and bring that, bring those questions back in, see if we can get it to work. Oh, yeah. All right. I love remote viewing Who's, stuff. Uh, Olivia Wilde with now? Isn't she with someone else now? Something was confirmed, I think. she's Harry with, Styles. Is that what it is? I don't know how I know that. I'm ashamed that I know that. God damn, pal. <laughs> I saw that somewhere. Maybe we'll don't uh, judge me. I don't know why I know that. We'll uh, we'll drop in on them and see if she's doing her due diligence in the Blumpkin world. Number two, spinning to induce out of body experiences so as to travel on the astral plane is an ancient occult practice. Yeah, that's it happened uses- to me. I spun around a bunch and then I <laughs> saw myself puking on the floor. <laughs> so I was dizzy as fuck. <laughs> It uses disassociation of the mind to access while awake the astral realm that we access while we are lucid dreaming. So like actual spinning in circles? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Or like on my Peloton spinning. That's that. You know, Coast to Coast always has, every once in a while they'll have like astral projection episodes and mm-hmm. you know the uh, people that say that with lucid dreaming and things you can get that out of body experience and actually travel to different dimensions and stuff in your mind which it's a really cool thing it goes right along with remote viewing yeah. but i've never heard that you just are spun like yeah. <laughs> i imagine the government just putting these kids in a some kind of device, like an astronaut thing, and just spinning them around till they, <laughs> till they leave their bodies or something. Don't worry, kids. It's just yeah. a centrifuge. It sounds It'll like a fucking right. shitty ride at a local carnival. That's right. Like some carny <laughs> just puts you in this cage and just spins you around. It was called the rotor. They used to have that in the old days. Remember the uh, what was the zipper? Remember the I know the rotor one when like you'd stick to the wall. Yeah, it was the oh, worst. Oh my god! Do you guys remember like the zipper where like you're in like that little. It's like you're in like a it's like paper sh- clip shaped, but there's all these little carts like caged carts on it and you would sit in them and they would flip as the entire paper clip thing goes oh, around. Sounds horrible. Uh, oh, still, yeah. I loved it like one summer and then now just thinking about it gets me nauseous. <laughs> yeah. Those are the kind of rides like that one and Ferris wheels and stuff that I start acting like a big dickhead on and I'll, uh-huh. I'll like. Nope. I'll start rock like when it stops at the top, I'll start rocking the. The Ferris wheel. Nope. Fuck that. Not if we're there, you will. I will never go on a Ferris wheel with you, Pally. 
or that one that you were talking about that spins around like you can make if you like start shifting your body weight you can make it spin faster yeah well and like we would when it stopped we would like because it, it would stop to like let people off at the bottom we would then spin it and you can flip around but with that yeah. you're in a cage and you're like locked in with like a seat belt. it's not <laughs> like a fucking ferris wheel where if you start rocking it you're gonna fall out yeah, you don't want to ride those rides with me. Nope. I always do that. I'm pretty sure at this point I couldn't even go on a roller coaster without getting like sick, which sucks because I used to love them. I haven't been to an amusement park in probably 15 yeah. years. You know, what I can't take is being constricted by anything. So if it's just a seatbelt roller coaster, I'm good with those. When they come with the harness over like the, the top overhead. of you and I can't move. So I, you can't I do can't the little do the little flippies. You can't. No, do those? no, no. I can't hmm. be harnessed to. I'm claustrophobic. Those same ones also have like the, the shit that goes between your legs that really, you know, bunches up your junk like and it hurts either. too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you know, for big schlonged individuals like myself. <laughs> it's painful. <laughs> or I'm like Larry David from Curb, Larry Longballs. He's got a long set of balls. What do you want? I don't mind roller coasters at all. The only one I've ever had an issue with um, was one of those ones that your legs just dangle down the whole time. Well, I used to love yeah. the Raptor at Cedar Point. Um, that used to be my favorite one. Yeah, there was one I went on at Kennywood uh, down by Pittsburgh, and it it went upside down and shit, too. It gave me such a bad headache when I was done with it. Yeah, some of those, like the tracks when they're so jerky, it just fucks with your neck and head, and you get off, and you're like, that wasn't fun, and now I feel nauseous. <laughs> And I'm probably concussed. <laughs> that was like the old mean streak at, at oh, Cedar Point, the wooden God. one. Did they tear it down? It was like getting kidney punched, yeah. like <laughs> back and forth, the whole thing. Boom, boom, boom. Your knees banging oh, off like the, the edge of the it was seat. so fun, yeah. though. It's Fucking brutal. It's fun, but you, you literally feel like you get the shit kicked oh, out yeah. of it. I think it's still there, is it not? No. They, well, dude. they retrofitted it for a, some oh. new ride, but it's not that anymore. It's probably for the best. That was so the, fun. The general public. <laughs> Well, when COVID's over and the fair opens back up, we can go next year. And no, nope. you guys, can, one of you guys can ride the roller or the uh, the nope. Ferris wheel with me at a fair with like yeah. meth smoking carnies <laughs> putting the bolts in that thing. Are you out of your fucking mind? I'll be at the. What, fucking- I mean, what Ferris wheels do you think I was talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Like I've been on the Ferris wheel at Navy Pier. I wouldn't in a fucking county fair though. <laughs> I mean, those are the only Ferris wheels I'm going on are the ones at County Fair. Oh, my God. I'll be hopping from... You are fucking crazy. I'll just be hopping from food stand to food stand, just getting fat as fuck while you guys go on those rides. They're like, I think I put that uh, clip thing on. I think the bolt will stay on there. I'm going to be the guy throwing those darts at the balloons to win one of those little cheap Britney Spears plaques that they used to give out. The mirror you can go hang up in your yeah. bedroom. Or like those old they had like old degeneration X plaques and stuff, like <laughs> wrestling shit. Popping some balloons. So so the third one on Andrew's list is the Montauk chair. According to him, this is a device that was reverse engineered from the pilot seat aboard a crashed ET craft by which the ET pilot piloted the craft psychically to avoid collisions in space. In light of the speed of the craft and vast interstellar distances traversed, it uses magnetic transduction to boost human consciousness forward in time so that the individual in the chair pre-experiences a moment in his subjective future. I, I mean, does the fact that we got this from a ship that crashed point to that it might not work properly? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of this stuff, I feel like it's 
kind of like that priest earlier that's just saying things. I feel like sometimes reading Andrew Basiago's stuff, he's just saying big words, right. and I'm like hoping something sticks. Yeah, he sounds smart with those big words. <laughs> what does Michael Scott say? Sometimes I start a sentence and I just don't know where I'm going with it. Something to that effect. Now they're all gonna get pissed and I fucked up the line, but whatever. I don't. I can't watch anymore. You got to get uh, Peacock. Peacock. Yeah. Although it's on like Comedy Central nonstop. Yeah. I think it is. Like, yeah. Get your fix. Uh, number four is the teleporter. This opens up a vortal tunnel in the fabric of time space through which the teleportee passes from point A to point B in several seconds. This was invented by Nikola Tesla. It uses a field of radiant energy to open up the vortal tunnel in time space. When the tunnel in time space closes, the teleportee finds footfall in the location where the tunnel closes, either in real time or in the past or future. Sounds pretty iffy. I want to find footfall right where I'm at. <laughs> you just don't want to randomly end up in the past or future? Yeah, that sounds like it just dumps you somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> don't know why. Sound great. Yeah, that's... Fuck it. And circling back to uh, the chronovisor, that's number five on Andrew's list. According to him, it was accidentally discovered by Vatican musicologist Father Pellegrino Ernetti and Father Augustino Gamelli when they were studying the harmonic patterns in Gregorian chants at the Catholic University of Milan in the 1940s. Ernetti and Gemelli found that the microphone they were developing could pick up the sounds of past events. It uses holograms that are so dense that they have the effect of lensing non-local events into the laboratory, which the time traveler can visit and explore while standing in the hologram. The advanced chronovisor was developed from a TV-like screen into a standing cubicle hologram of moving, multicolored light by U.S. defense contractors under DARPA after the Vatican gave the chronovisor technology to the U.S. government for further development. Not sure why you would want to part with it, but like, wouldn't it help uh, get new sheep? I mean, new members to your church by showing everyone these videos of what happened? We're having a viewing of the crucifixion tonight. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have a viewing of Abraham almost coming off his son's cock. <laughs> Come watch. I just feel like it would change the whole world if these videos were distributed worldwide, right? Yeah, probably. Number six, the Stargate. According to Andrew, this is a Tesla teleporter that so concentrates the radiant energy that it derives from the quantum hologram that it can send the teleportee vast distances in time space. Once inside the Vortal Tunnel, the teleportee can see that the tunnel is identical to the tunnel walls of bluish-white holographic light produced by the Tesla teleporter. But since greater distances in time-space can be reached by the Stargate, the teleportee spends more time in the tunnel and so has a greater risk of asphyxiation. It was via Stargate that Project Pegasus was accessing the year 2045 in 1972. Great movie, Stargate. Love it. Top five movie. Really? <laughs> of course. It is really good. I haven't seen it. You should watch it. I'll put it on that list, Dave. Yeah. Sure you will. Number seven, the plasma confinement chamber. This was invented by Dr. Sterling Colgate 
president of the New Mexico Institute of Science and Technology. And also toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> and a physicist <laughs> at the Los, Al- Los Alamos National Laboratories. It uses radioactive plasma to propagate a wormhole, which the time traveler travels in order to be embedded temporarily in a past event. When this local quantum field effect created around the chrononaut, chrononaut's a time traveler, by the way, that's the technical term for them, uh, wears off, he experiences transitioning spontaneously back to his point of embarkation in the chamber without traveling via wormhole. It was via this device that Andrew D. Basiago was sent to Gettysburg, PA in 1863 in spring of 1972, as seen in the Josephine Cobb image of Lincoln at Gettysburg. So there's like a little kid sitting, standing in the picture. And according to Andrew, that is actually him from 1972 traveling back in time to 1863 and he was just standing there when the picture was taken and we'll actually post this photo but i looked into it a little more and it's a really fascinating story the well not the fucking you know basiago part that's (laughs) you know a bunch of fucking bullshit but uh (laughs) this photo you know they did not have any records or photographs and obviously no video or recordings of lincoln at gettysburg and uh that was back what in 1863 well there was the war department bought all these photos that were like taken back then uh, from Gettysburg, none of which, you know, featured Lincoln. And they were moved in the 1950s to the National Archives. So that's, you know, almost 90 years later. Um, And this archivist in D.C., Josephine Cobb, was like, I'm going to look through this. He's got to be in one of these photos because you'll see in the photo that we post online, there's a huge crowd of people. Um, She ended up blowing up the image 20 times and was able to actually spot Abraham Lincoln in the crowd. They said it looked like he was just getting to his seat uh, for before there was going to be a ceremony. It was about Mm -hmm. three hours before he actually gave the Gettysburg address. She was able to find him and have a photo of Lincoln at Gettysburg. It's amazing for his address. Very cool. Um, We'll post the photo and you'll see. Uh, you know, dipshit claiming to be in there and then you'll see <laughs> you'll see the, uh, you know, President Lincoln actually in the photo. But it was really cool. All this time, they never thought they had anything. And yeah, that's neat. Jennifer or jo- I'm sorry, Josephine Cobb was like, I'm going to go look and find something. And I guess the picture was mislabeled. There's a whole story to it. But she did her due diligence and found it. And it's it was really fascinating Good stuff. Also, that plasma sounds like the dumbest method yet. Doesn't sound very safe. No. And then the last one, number eight, the jump room or aeronautical repositioning chamber was developed in a joint venture between Parsons and Lockheed, possibly after being reverse engineered from an extraterrestrial device or as the result of ET human liaison in which the device was given to the U.S. government by one of the gray ET species. It uses an unknown process to relocate the teleportee on an interplanetary basis. In the CIA's Mars jump room program, jumps between Earth and Mars tended to take about 20 minutes and involved the jump room, quote, morphing from a box to a cylinder and back again during the jump. So you got that? The Greys gave us some some technology and we can get to Mars in 20 minutes. 
We should be very thankful. Is this kind of based most off of like what you see when you see like a time traveling machine and it looks like just like a fucking telephone booth box or something? Like, like Bill that, and Ted's excellent. Yeah, adventure. right. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> or Stewie from uh, Family Guy when he's traveling. <laughs> they always got like is that is so is that kind of where this is based from? Like that little gimmick. It's a good question. Do you think it moves to a cylinder so that it can move quicker through space, like aerodynamics? Like it just it probably has a lot to do with it, I would yeah, think. 20 minutes. Yeah. Imagine if it was just the box, it'd take an hour. Well, because of the, the drag on the... Exactly. On the, yeah. Well, you know what Van Halen says. Might as well jump. We'll be right back. <laughs> Is there something interfering with your happiness? Something keeping you from achieving your 2020 goals? Let's face it. These are certainly trying times. From being cooped up inside your home to wondering how you're going to pay next month's bills, we're all experiencing some form of stress or strain on our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is an online mental health provider that will assess your needs and match you up with your own licensed professional therapist. The best part? No waiting rooms. That's a pretty big deal if you're as impatient as I am. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment that will have you communicating with a counselor within the first 24 hours. And once you've begun, you can send your counselor a message at any time, always getting a helpful response in a timely manner. You even have the ability to schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all from the comfort of your very own couch. BetterHelp is available worldwide and has a broad range of expertise available, including licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflict, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Not happy with your counselor? No worries. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and makes it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Remember, Everything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is completely confidential. And while it's not a crisis line, it is a convenient, professional, and affordable way to seek the help you deserve. Financial aid is even offered to those who qualify. Want to hear how BetterHelp assisted people just like you? Check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. Look, we here at Necronomapod want you to start living a happier life. So, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com Necro. Join over 1 million people already taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash Necro. So, would you guys rather travel to the past or the future? Hmm. Past. Really? I would like to see cool events, I think. Hmm. Yeah. I, think I would so. rather go to the future. I think I'd be too nervous because, like, what if you go to the future? Like, what if you say you wanted to go, oh, let's go 30 years from now or something, and then you realize like you're already dead. And you're like, fuck. And now you know you're dead 30 years from now. Mm, interesting. I don't want to know what's ahead, but I'd like to go experience what was back. Like, like if you got to, would you want to know the day you were going to die? If someone's like, I can give you the exact day you're going to die. Sure. I don't think I'd want to know. Because then... You're going to live the rest of your life based on that. That's true. And I think I yeah, want to just keep my life as is. I don't know if I want to know. So I feel like you're taking a chance going in the future. I mean, if you can go 200 years in the future, then you but know for sure you're going to be dead. But you don't necessarily have to go find yourself. Like, I want to go way in the future. Yeah. Well, and by then you're going to know you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like we 
already living the greatest time in history. I don't want to go to the past. I want to like I want to see what I don't know I want what, to what it's like events. in yeah. I want to see what it's like in a hundred years and a thousand years. What's it like here in ten thousand years? Maybe the everything's gone and blew it all yeah, up. Yeah, it just bums me out. I'm never going to be able to, to know. Yeah. So I, 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 I would go in the future. All right. I'm sticking with past. Ian, what say you? Uh, yeah, I would do the future. All right. For Let sure. me know how it is. That reminds <laughs> when you said like nothing will be left. It reminds me of Futurama. You guys ever watch that show? I've uh-uh. only seen like an episode or two. I haven't watched it a ton. I love that show. There's like one where they're in a time machine and it breaks and they just keep move, moving forward to try and get, get it to work. And it just goes forward and forward. And then eventually there's just nothing left. Like yeah. everything is just gone. Well, wasn't that, wasn't there something with Art Bell where someone was time traveling? We did a call and like he, he went too far forward and it was nothing. That sounds, that sounds very familiar. Right. Yeah. Was that, it might've been John Tidor, right? Something like he went too far and somehow or another there was nothingness so he had to go back yeah that sounds yeah yeah something like that yeah it sounds that sounds right he had a whole time traveler episode that's when the facts from tidor came through the first one is that the one whole, did we did that we we listened to that didn't we on one of the art bells i think we might have listened to art read that facts mm, off, yeah yeah maybe on that first the first one we did like episode Let's go to the time traveler east of the Mississippi line. You're on the air. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's like, sir, are you listening to the program? <laughs> now, you know, we're only talking to time travelers east of the Mississippi tonight. Why are you calling this special line? I love when they get lectured. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so at this point in Andrew's story, Project Pegasus was taken over by DARPA to be advanced further. Andrew has described a number of time travel expeditions that he's done in Project Pegasus. And this includes traveling back in time to Gettysburg, like we talked about in his, you know, he brought that up in his quoted stuff. To hear Lincoln address the Union troops, and he was using that plasma confinement chamber. He says that the effects of this mode of time travel wore off after a period of time, and thereby it would it returned him to the present. So... You can only stay in the past or future for an extended amount of time that whenever the plasma or however that works wears off, you just come back. Well, of course. I mean, well, at least everyone know, knows that. At least you know you're not going to get stuck there, <laughs> right? That's right. That's your fail-safe way to get home. Now, we talked about his picture a little bit. And to support this claim, Andrew has shown his in public lectures the, the Cobb photograph with the child in the back room and he claims he was told by project pegasus leaders that he was the child Mm -hmm. and it happened just before he returned back to 1972 about this andrew said quote in spring 1972 my father took me to a time lab in east hanover new jersey where under the direction of dr sterling colgate i entered a lucite chamber where plasma was emitted and while Immersed in the plasma, I wormholed to Gettysburg, PA on November 19th, 1863, where I was depicted in the famous Josephine Cobb photograph of Abraham Lincoln at Gettysburg. And actually, Ian, I know you had said he was in the background. It's a, He's actually in the foreground of the photo. Um, yeah. Kind of closer up. And then like the, the whole there's a mass of people behind them. And that's where Cobb zoomed in and was able to find Lincoln's face. He he went into some other details with that, too, because like in the picture, it looks like the kid's wearing a big pair of shoes, like the shoes are too big on the kid. 
and he said that he like didn't have his shoes or something in 1972. So <laughs> they the do CIA like, just they just look, gave him like a bigger pair of shoes, like uh -huh. someone else's shoes to they, wear. Look like fucking clown <laughs> shoes. <laughs> but yeah, so he didn't have his shoes for whatever reason in 1972. So the CIA hooked him up with some mm, some other nice shoes. Andrew has also given some other accounts of using the chronovisor method. And he said, quote, In fall 1970, the children of my group first began accessing past and future events via third and fourth dimensional Ernetti Gamelli chronovisors situated at the General Manufacturing Company in Convent Station, New Jersey, a public auditorium under construction in Morristown, New Jersey, and the ITT Defense Communications Facility in Nutley, New Jersey. Andrew's claims of visiting a classified facility run by ITT in Nutley, New Jersey in 1970 got Art Bell's attention when he interviewed Andrew in 2015. In 1970, Art was employed by ITT in a classified NATO communications project. And this was something that Art had never announced publicly or talked about. So Art was really taken back on air when Andrew said he saw Art working on a classified project at Nutley in 1970 when Basiago was only eight or nine years old. Explain that, Mike. You can't. Perhaps his dad, who was, you know, connected to all of this, saw Art and then just told his son. Oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. That one got me, too, when I first read these notes, and I was like, wait, how do I make sense of this? Oh, his fucking dad was connected to all this. <laughs> he probably was like, hey, kid, you know that guy on the show, a radio, Art Bell? Yeah, right. he used to work for NATO and did this stuff. And when you were eight, I sent you a time machine back, and you looked at him. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> I sent you back. Andrew also says that through the chronovisor, a highly classified film was made of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Andrew claims to have seen the 20-minute film and said it matched up to what is depicted in biblical accounts of the life of Jesus. So, so explain that, Dave. They got video, they have video proof of the crucifixion and resurrection. <laughs> it must have been a highlight reel if it was only 20 minutes, right? It well, didn't take him three days to resurrect? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure they didn't just have the video. They're not going like to sit up, you watch. Time -lapse. Yeah. We don't have time for all this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to just look at a fucking tomb for three days. See that big rock in the in the in the cave tomb slowly start sliding open. Yeah. That's, and then God that's damn, he's yeah. there. He is. Boom. It's true. <laughs> we need to get that video and fucking do a watch along mystery science theater style for that. <laughs> we tell everyone we're going to do that, and then we just watch like Passion of the Christ <laughs> and, just, oh, God damn. and just do that one. That's funny. <laughs> Andrew further claims that the 9-11 Twin Tower attacks was foreseen by his father and other Project Pegasus participants. He says that Donald Rumsfeld was the middleman at the time between Project Pegasus and the Pentagon and therefore knew about the 9-11 attacks in advance. Well, thanks, fuckos, for, you know, alerting us and stopping it. They let it happen. Yeah. Somebody get the loose change guy on the phone. Ian, does the loose change guy know about this? Is that good? Is that the guy that made the documentaries about all that? Yeah, the the loose change movie. Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name. Was that one of those conspiracy movies? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. isn't that it? Loose change. That sounds. Well, am I making that up? Now that you loose said change. That, yeah. yeah, we got fucking smartphones. I think so. Keep, there's keep a, talking. I'll look it up. There was one that was on Netflix all the time. 
or for a while back in the day. Loose Change is a series of films released between 2005 and 2009 that argue in favor of certain conspiracy theories related yeah. to the September 11 attacks. Yeah. I don't know which one you're talking about, Ian. Maybe it's the same one. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, it was, yeah, it was more than one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Loose Change is the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> Just wondering if this conspiracy was featured prominently. Well, it should have been. It's legit. Andrew also says, I feel like before I start this, I feel like his claims just get more and more controversial yeah, as he goes right. along here. <laughs> Andrew also says that I feel like as it gets closer to election, he gets more and more controversial. Right. Get his name in the fucking news. I want this guy on the debate stage. Well, last imagine? year, they had 197 people at the Democratic debate stage. Let's get this guy on one. This guy's got some good ideas. We'll get to him in a minute. Andrew also says a number of U.S. presidents and vice presidents were pre-identified through time traveling by other Project Pegasus participants. These pre-identified presidents were met by Andrew's father and other CIA and DARPA personnel in informal lunches, which Andrew says that he attended as a child. About this, he said, quote, I also met several future national leaders of the United States at lunches that were held in Albuquerque, New Mexico, with project principals shortly after they were apprised of the fact that using its quantum access capability, DARPA had determined that they were destined to serve as president or vice president of the United States. These individuals included President George H.W. Bush, Vice President Richard B. Cheney, President George W. Bush, and President William J. Clinton. You mean I was on that list, Mike? I had no idea. <laughs> Mr. President, you were aware. Do not deny it. I was busy getting my cock sucked, and uh, I'm now on the DARPA list. <laughs> what happened? Less than a decade after completing his participation in Project Pegasus in 1972, Andrew claims that he learned that Barack Obama and Andrew himself had been pre-identified as future presidents during another classified program ran by the CIA. Well, in all fairness, everyone else he listed became president. <laughs> so he must be onto something. <laughs> he's, he's 100% yeah, calling he, it. He did not list one person there that didn't become president or vice president. <laughs> Do you think it's possible he's mistaken about himself, though? How dare you? I, I'm just throwing the question out there. From 1980 to 1984, Andrew says that he was recruited into a second CIA project that involved the use of the jump room teleportation technology for travel to Mars. Remember we talked about how you can, it turns into a box, then to a cylinder or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's right. The telephone booth. <laughs> so, so while on Mars, Andrew says that on multiple occasions, he witnessed life on Mars as well as secret bases there. There's a picture I'll text you guys. I'll try and find it again. Uh, he claims it's a dinosaur on Mars. That oh, one of the, oh. <laughs> one of the, the oh. rover things picked up. Well, hopefully Perseverance will be taking some new photos of these dinosaurs soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe it, it, the photo I'm, I'm assuming is the very is similar to uh, who was it? Fucking Meyer who had the pterodactyl photo. Billy Meyer. Billy Meyer, yeah. 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 He had that photo of a fucking dinosaur. Ridiculous. <laughs> that popped up on our social media the other day, and it reminded me, and I just had a fucking laugh. <laughs> Used the image of, like, that celebrity singing on a show and said that's it was right. somebody. She's like, uh, I think that's me. Yeah. What a fucko. 
Hey, doesn't uh, Doctor Who, don't they travel through like phone, phone booth type things? Is that where they got No, I know from? nothing of that stuff. No, the I'm Who's sure. a band, Dave. <laughs> play music. Doctor Who, Mike. Doctor oh, Who. Oh, okay. I don't either. I just am vaguely familiar with that. So in 1980, at the start of the CIA Mars Jump Room Project, Andrew says that he and Barack Obama were actually roommates, but Obama went by a different name, which was Barry Satoro. (laughs) This is where Andrew and Barack learned that they had been pre-identified as future presidents. About this, Andrew said, quote, So Barack Obama was not only aware of his presidency when we were being trained in 1980, when he was 19 years old and just turned 19 in August of 80. But when we were rooming together briefly a couple of days at the College of Siskias, he was reading briefing documents that they were giving him to groom him for the presidency. He got it right again. Another future president. Still batting 100. President, uh, what was it? Barry Satoro. I mean, <laughs> President Obama did go by that name. That's not... Like, was that his stepfather's name that he went by for a little bit? Like, I, that's, I don't oh. think that's made up. Well, I believe this is very much made up, but well. the name maybe not. I didn't know that he went by that name. That yeah, exactly. So. name. The website that I ended up finding all this stuff on, which I'm going to be using in the future for all these type of episodes, because it was it's an amazing website for all this nonsense, was uh, exopolitics.org. And they were talking about that name as if it was... Uh, proof of Andrew's claims. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> so, I didn't think that was a secret. When they were like linking it to proof, I'm like, yeah. well, now I don't believe this name is real <laughs> at all. So, <laughs> so Barack Obama traveled to Mars well, briefly. Obviously. They were roomies. As far as Andrew's upcoming presidency, he says that the year would vary, you know, because he said he was pre-identified that he would either be president in 2016, 2020, 2024, or 2028. He's running out of options here. (laughs) (laughs) In both 2016 and 2020, he ran on a 100 proposal platform, but both sites, andy2016.com and andy2020.net no longer work. But I used the Wayback Machine, and I was able to go through all these 100 proposals, and I picked uh, nine that I think are pretty good ones. Excellent. All right, let's get into it. Uh, First one, quantum transparency. The president should declassify and reveal the technologies in America's time travel arsenal. Absolutely. The, The next one, presidential honesty. Now, when you first hear presidential honesty, you're like, that sounds pretty good. The president should be honest. <laughs> the, pre- the president should ask living presidents to admit that they were giving foreknowledge of their destinies. You think President Sartoro is going to come out and uh, <laughs> say that when I was on Mars, <laughs> they told me, they told me I was going to be president. <laughs> Bill Clinton needs to come forward and say he knew about it yeah, all. Yeah. yeah, they told me. Fuck off. extraterrestrial disclosure the president should end the et cover-up in a live televised address to the american people absolutely they should that one will be all right yeah i'm all right with that one Uh, moon transparency the president should answer questions that the american people have about nasa's lunar program 
he he kind of went further into this about did we actually go to the moon? Was it faked? Uh, is the moon hollow? <laughs> mm, okay. And, I'm done with this. Is one. the moon made of cheese? Yeah. I mean, people want to know. And Can, in it, fact, are, the cow jump over it? <laughs> Has a are, cow jumped over it? And if so, which cow? Uh, is there any life on the moon? Or were, was there any uh, civilizations on the moon at one point? Those are That's what he's looking for. I'd love to hear it. Love to hear about it. Yeah, this is all right. I'm interested. I can't wait till we get to his foreign policy here. (laughs) (laughs) Mars transparency. The president should disclose the existence of the secret U.S. presence on the red planet. Yeah, I'd like to hear about that, too. (laughs) I mean, if Perseverance doesn't find it up there. That's right. Those videos are so cool. They really are. That's I've watched about 100 times, like the same ones over Mm. and over. It's badass. It's so quiet. It's yeah. creepy. It's yeah. eerie. Space transparency. The president should declassify the secret space program and treaties with off-planet civilizations. Well, yeah. So now we have treaties with these. <laughs> I want to meet these people. No, I've told I've told you about the treaties on the episodes before. <laughs> I don't recall that. But <laughs> you <okay>. don't. <laughs> Why would you? Yeah, <laughs> you just need to know we have them. Yeah. I mean, if we have them, I want to know about them. But, you know, let's not you know, we might be at war with these people. I'm not sure we have treaties. <laughs> well, we'll do a whole episode on the secret space program. Eventually, there's a whole whole lore that goes into that. Uh, this might be my favorite one on this list. Sasquatch protection. <laughs> the, pre- the president should list the Sasquatch under the provisions of the Endangered Species Act. Or he goes on to claim that um, he knows for a fact that Bigfoot exists. Sorry. Really? I mean, is, is Sasquatch really endangered? No one can fucking find him. And if you do, are you really going to kill this thing? Like, no one's sh- posting big game hunting photos of fucking Sasquatch. <laughs> they just have the stickers on their on their big jacked up trucks. Right. <laughs> so. Bigfoot hunting club permit for me to shoot Bigfoot. Yeah, right. All right. Well, as soon as somebody gets one of them, I'm all for putting them on the, the if there's more of them, on the endangered species uh, right. list. I say we protect the Sasquatch. That's where I stand on this position. Sure. You're not going to sway me. All right. We'll also protect flying pigs. Put them on the endangered <laughs> species list. Uh, banning chemtrails. The president should issue an executive order banning all chemtrail spraying by U.S. agencies. Ah, the old chemtrails bit. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love the chemtrails, people. <laughs> well, they're not going a... to be, be around anymore when this gets banned. That's right. <laughs> There's someone that I loosely know that posts a lot of things on Facebook that was posting a lot of rants about chemtrails the other day. <laughs> and I was reading them. And I'm like, Ooh, these uh-huh. are, these are some thoughts going on here. <laughs> You're saying some stuff. Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to people. Uh, and then the last one, banning fluoride. The president should ban fluoride from the American water supply on the grounds that it's a toxin. But Andrew, explains this a little further and he's going off the idea of our favorite occultist madame blavatsky madame blavatsky said that when when she was talking about like how there was atlantis and all the the root races and stuff and we got down to humans because things is like something like fluoride 
would have made us lose our our psychic abilities and our way to open up our third eye. Oh. And Andrew actually does say that on his website in his proposals that fluoride is preventing us as humans from being able to open up our third eye. That it's a it's a there's a whole lore with or conspiracy with fluoride mm. that it's intentional that the government puts fluoride in our water to keep us from, you know, being able to open our third eye and be use the actual abilities of our brains. Huh. I thought it was to keep us from having teeth that look like George Washington. <laughs> you you would think that that's that's not the truth. Because <laughs> didn't people have terrible teeth before they started putting fluoride in the water? Wasn't that the whole deal? I, I am not familiar on the uh, I think so history of dental. All right. Well, what do you guys say we go ahead and buy uh, the domains for Andy twenty twenty four and Andy twenty twenty eight right now? <laughs> and then it just clicks to like it just goes right to our Amazon page for people to buy merch. That's great. We could do an Andy twenty twenty four t shirt. That'd sell like hotcakes. No, maybe not. That's just I want to start a movement to at least get him on one of the debate stages. I mean, is he is he's an independent? I guess not really doing debates for independence. He must be. He's in the kook party. <laughs> we'll just get enough crazy people to run, and <laughs> he can fucking have a debate with them. Is this guy uber wealthy? I don't know. I don't know. Are you asking he, if he owns a- Uber? I don't think he owns <laughs> Uber. <laughs> he's an actual lawyer, and he I don't know, he's he's gonna like skirts around some of the stuff he says because I, I was reading like an actual like outside of his stuff and conspiracy websites that that he could be disbarred if he if he takes it too far with some of his mm. claims. So he's like he like hovers right on the edge of yeah. saying something way out of line. Um but yeah, he's he's a lawyer, so I don't know. I mean, anyone that could actually travel in the future obviously would have brought back lottery numbers and sports betting results and stuff and would be super wealthy. It's what I would do. Anyone, yeah. So that's my, that's my uh, how I'm, what I'm using to judge this guy on. You know, I'm still shocked. Like you guys wouldn't go to the past if you had the choice. You go to the future. Like you could literally go to Colorado the night John Bonet was killed and find out what the fuck happened. <laughs> Is that right? That's and, what you would do. And then you become a millionaire when you figure it out and you sell it to the tabloids. You can go one day in the future and grab the lottery numbers for every lottery in this country and you possibly also. Good to go. Yeah, but I want just I want justice for John Bonet. Okay. That's what I'm doing. You guys go make the money. I'll go do the John Bonet, and then we'll all come back and share all the money we make. Put it into cool okay. down media. We'll build an empire. Deal. All right. That's the one thing that Andrew does <clears throat> differently than other time travel people or that claim it is that he doesn't make any predictions about things. A lot of those people, um, John Tidor made a lot of predictions. Well, because when you start doing that, you're going to prove that it's all bullshit because nothing's going to be accurate. No, no, no. Because what happens and it's it's all you're on a different timeline. There's infinite timelines. There's a timeline where I have one less beard hair. Yeah. So that's a, that's their excuse. As soon as it doesn't happen, like, oh, I'm on the wrong timeline. Oh, got it. Yeah. To be clear, when I went back in time to what was it? What it was Christmas night, right? Or was it the 26th Ian, with John Bonet? <laughs> and uh, well, my point is what I would do is I would just get into the house by going in one of those broken windows that her dad had, you know, for busting out all those holes. And then I would just fucking hide in the basement and wait and see who was trying to bring her down. And then I would intervene and smart. Use, use my karate skills. You would change history. Yeah. Hmm. 
I think that's why, like, actually why, in theory, like, that whole grandfather paradox mm-hmm. wouldn't be accurate. Like, when they say, like, if you went back in time and stopped, like, killed your dad or something, like, stopped yourself from being born. Yeah. It really wouldn't affect anything because there is a parallel universe, another timeline that you still exist on. Mm-hmm. So you can't Which, really fuck too much shit up. I guess not. If you believe that theory, that that line of scientific thing, and that's scientific stuff back to the beginning. Like that's so what actual if, credible people. What if Dave went into the future, got the winning lotto numbers, came back, bought them, but it was a different timeline that he oh, went to? That'd be a problem. Yeah. Then you wasted your time on that. Yeah. yeah. Let's try again. I got all the time in the world. I can <laughs> travel time. Over I, do what I, just, I ain't going <laughs> to Try again, try again. Eventually it's going to hit. Something's going to hit. Yeah, you'll spend 500 bucks. you win one of those $20 tickets. You'll be like, fuck me. <laughs> like those people that buy the $20 scratch-offs, they win five bucks back. Yeah, right. And congratulations. The odds on those are so shitty as it is. Terrible. I mean, they're fun if someone gets a, gives them to you as like a present. You know, and you sit there, you scratch them off, oh, see what I won you two win. bucks. Yeah. Thanks for spending 40 Yeah, right. <laughs> not on me. <laughs> Yeah, I just remember the, the 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 whole idea and Back to the Future 2 was what I was saying earlier. Did you, did you ever seen that? With Biff, he got rich because yeah. he got that sports betting almanac from, the, from the future. Yeah. yeah. So, see? I have seen those. I just, I haven't seen them in so long. Best time travel. Is it travel, the second one where his mom was trying to bang it, like trying to date him? That was the first one. Is yeah, I was going to say, one? I think that's the first one. She's like, hey, Calvin. It's like, why are you calling me Calvin? That's what your underwear say. <laughs> <laughs> oh man was that the best time travel movie i would say so i don't know i really like bill and ted i like bill and ted too yeah time traveler's wife i don't know i'm a big michael j fox fan but i really like bill and ted i have not seen time traveler's wife terminator you know what i really like oh, edge yeah. of tomorrow that tom cruise movie that's a good time travel movie we'll add it to the list <laughs> <laughs> apparently ian too because i don't think he's seen it I have not seen that one, though. Really? So, mm-hmm. even though we're not going to be doing these all, you know, consecutively, we do have plenty of more uh, time travel topics, like Ian alluded to, coming up, you know, sometime in the future that we'll get to. So, it's not like this is just a one and done for us. No, we still got three more to do, at least. Yeah. We'll space them at out. At some point. Yeah. Is you know, it, I'm scrolling, I think scrolling through here. I'm scrolling through his website, because I left it open. The one from 2016. I found his his bit on fluoride. It's straight up like classic conspiracy thinking, and he, he even links the Nazis to it. Like I said, Madame Blavatsky has some ties to fluoride and things. He said since the 1950s, fluoride has been placed in most U.S. drinking water, despite the fact that the evidence against ingesting fluoride is quite strong. Fluoride is considered a hazardous waste by the EPA. It is the active ingredient in Prozac and rat poison. The Nazis used it to sedate prisoners in concentration camps. Its effects include calcifying the penile gland, thereby blocking the third eye, which is believed to be the source of human intuition. We should ban fluoride from our public water supplies to prevent the negative public health effects of this established toxin. You don't want to fuck up your penile gland, Mike. Well, I think to combat that, you just take a blue chew. <laughs> it combats the fluoride chemicals in your penile gland. Good point. Good point. That'd be the ultimate battle, though. Fluoride versus blue chew. Who's going to win out? Okay. Well, that so. is Project Pegasus. And Andrew, uh, what is it? Ba- Basiago? Basiago? 
Yep. What else we that's, got? That's the story of Andrew. All right, Ian, you got any uh, final thoughts on Project Pegasus? Uh, I feel smarter after doing this outline. I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah, this is uh, this is a lot of information here. A lot of science this week. Not just talking about, you know, killing people, cutting their heads off, and fucking a skull. This is uh, a little more thinking in this <laughs> that's, one. That's true. A little more thinking. I feel like my IQ bumped up a couple points. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Week. Nice. <laughs> Um, Dave, you got anything else on this one? No, it's cool. I hope it's I hope it's real. I love time travel stuff. Give me time travel movies, I'll watch any of it. All I, of it. I mean, I don't I don't believe anything that Basiago said, but I do th- I'm, I'm sure the government's been working on time travel stuff or has some kind of limited technology that they've been working on probably. I hope so, I man. That's likely. I want to see it. Yeah, that's what I meant when I said my IQ dip down a bit or I, I sarcastically saying my IQ <laughs> whatever <laughs> Andrew's story is made me feel a little dumb but <laughs> I'm sure that you know the government they've at least entertained the idea of time travel at some point you know of course you don't do something like remote viewing and actually take that very serious and work on that for years without thinking of attempting time travel I completely agree. Opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree. I'd like to invite John Tidor to call into the Necronomapod show so we can talk to him. If he's out there, let's do it. Um, all right. We got some Patreon shout outs to get to. A couple of make goods. Shout out to Jenny. I think we missed her back in November. Um, so, you know, five months late is still better than not doing it at all. Apologies, <laughs> Jenny. Um, but we gotcha. Appreciate it. Uh, Aaron Michael. And Cynthia Mendez, thank you all very much. And now the new patrons, here we go, bear with me. Pauline Steingrabe, Joseph Tully, Nancy Grace, hey, thanks, Nancy. Beck, Travis D., Blumpkins Outback, April Darst, Julian Piqueo, Sebastian Rosas, Carmen, Aaron Gendrew, Zach Bone, Mars Denton Studna, David McMurray, Cat Beanboy, Robin Lacey, Nicole Monday, Jennifer Hughes, Nolan B underscore 0601, Zombie Killer, Deanna Wright, Django B, Krista Zometa, Josh Welty, Jennifer Stinnett, Jillian Sepik, Kelly, John Holdaway, Kristen McNichol, Shane Saukey, Austin Monroe, Bebe, Lauren Bud Ice Mora, Jody, Samantha Keller, Crystal Rolf, Matthew Jacklin, Davina Way, Gloom315, Keeley Philbrook, Cody Bunker, G Money, Shelly Wright, Marcellus Turnage, Tommy Fisher, John Loomis. I'm a quarter of the way through, bear with me. <laughs> Tate Miller, Nicole Arena, Nick R, Braven Webster, uh, Mache McEwen. Jennifer Walker, Olivia, Old Dirty Slizza, Chris Hoagland, Kara, Kristen Coleyflower, John B. Erdman, Samantha, Amy Elizabeth, Winston Kimbrell, Kylie Craig, Adam Donovan, Mariah Lalonde, Evil Pancake Lord, Jude, Alec Berggren, Dylan Music, and Jolene Pruitt. 
thank you all very much. That's a long list. I feel like every month or every week they get longer, and what's fucking awesome that everyone's signing up. Uh, if you're interested, patreon.com slash Necronomapod. We just dropped our first ever cooldown, monthly cooldown show. That's available to all patrons, the dollar tier and up. Uh, where we wrap up, we wrapped up February's uh, topics, uh, including Casey Anthony and Haddon Clark, gave some final thoughts on those. Um, we gave a sneak peek at what's coming up this month in March for the main Sunday shows as well as the bonus shows. Uh, and that's available to all patrons at the dollar tier and up. So if you're interested, patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for Cinderella Yelly. Kate M. Duffy, The Real Mr. Muggs. Uh, this one's just a bunch of D's and some L's. Ness, 2012. Nicole, SSP. Evit Girl. And Look Elsewhere, 123. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Appreciate it. Dave, what do you got? <clears throat> we have one entry in the bad review corner this week I'd like to cover. Uh oh. <laughs> This is titled, Stopped Paying Them After They Suggested Cruelty to Dogs. One star. I loved them for a while and paid for stuff, but after hearing their episode encouraging cruelty towards their neighbor's dogs, I immediately stopped listening. Read the room. Know your audience a little better. That's from Audie V. How do you read a room when it's just the three of us <laughs> talking every week? So I uh, forget what this was about. I think Ian and I were talking about the old dogs in our neighborhood issues, and we probably joked about doing something to the dogs. Hmm. So that that's your that's your breaking point. You can't take all the other nonsense on this show, but a joke about <laughs> do- dogs after skull fucking and God knows whatever else. That's where you draw the line. Some people think Get the hell out of here. Take the animal cruelty more serious than they do the human cruelty, which in some cases I understand because humans fucking suck. But I believe I've time. said on this show before that i would eat my dog before or i would uh, eat a person before i ever ate my dog so <laughs> um there's no yeah, cruelty to animals here i think some people would just take our jokes a little too serious sometimes i have literally said nothing serious ever on this show ever <laughs> 99 percent of the shit i say mm-hmm. on here is complete bullshit well, except, for, except for my list of the greatest rap albums of all time earlier. That is 100% legit. Uh, regardless, yeah. I don't think any member of this show would ever per, you know, do animal cruelty, carry out animal cruelty to so. No, I wouldn't carry out cruelty to anything. I don't believe that's a fair review. Um, social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Necronomapod. Make sure to check out YouTube every week. Even if you listen to our shows uh, on your podcast platform app or whatever, we always have a special celebrity uh, intro to our shows on uh, YouTube. So check those out every week. Well, sometimes, not always. I thought it's every week. <laughs> not every week. We don't get someone. No. Well, a lot of times we do. So check them out. It's hit or miss. You never know. You never know who's going to show up. Yeah. And also people leave, a, you know, it's uh, YouTube's a fucking cesspool, so you can go look at the shitty comments people leave for random stuff people leave for us. Um, but anyways, we're at Necronomapod on all of those socials. Amazon.com, search Necronomapod. We got all kinds of fun stuff up there. Always working on some new stuff, too. So uh, maybe even uh, some Teddy Tug Job gear coming. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what the, the tide brings in. There you go. Um, but anyways, appreciate you guys listening. We're going to have a uh, fun rest of the month coming up. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>